come. Walk down the winding path. Don't mind the spooks and monsters. They stay hidden within the trees. There are mysteries in this world that you need to know, and paranormal truths that need to be told. Come, step up into the caravan while we share tales of old, as well as new accounts about things you thought only existed in your nightmares. Welcome inside the caravan. Thanks for stopping by. Jennifer, well, she's out on assignment this evening. Of course, things that are on her assignment list are picking up a loaf of bread and some more coffee. We need some here inside the caravan. Actually, she is out on an assignment and is researching some interesting factoids to bring back to the caravan in a future show. Tonight's episode, we are joined by Bob Smith. So a little background on Bob. I have known Bob for most of my adult life. We met back in 1978, and yes, that is a long time ago. However, with the bell-bottoms that we were wearing at the time, the two of us have experienced many strange things, both very enlightening and coming of age to extreme tragedies. However, Bob and I have always remained good friends, and we know that we can pick up the phone at any given point and pick up the conversation exactly where it left off. Bob and I went to high school together, and of course, some of our events in our life took place there, in which he will make reference to at a certain house that we used to hang out at quite often, and of course, that was my first experience with the Ouija board. We won't get into too much about the Ouija board, but Bob is here tonight and he's going to share a couple of the stories that was very profound to him that I was not witness to, but he did share with me and agreed to share with all of you here at the caravan. I would like to make a note that during this interview there was a lot of interference with the phone call which was not my fault nor Bob's fault it was just an internet phone call connection error and of course really didn't notice that until after the recording was done but you can muster through it it's really not that bad however I would like to uh, introduce all of you to Bob Smith Bob say hi to everybody hello how are you doing? I, I'm well, thank you. I, I believe you were working either second or third shift at a data vault in Des Plaines, and I used to come and visit you, and you told me back then, and I think this was probably, what, in the maybe early 1990s, probably? Do you remember yeah. about what years yeah. that was when you worked at that Des Plaines, uh I worked in Des Plaines from 85 to 90. Yeah, do you remember any of those shows? I mean, I know you used to listen to it, and, and you the one that introduced me to Art Bell. Listening to him around the time Hale Bop was around, you, you were talking about Hale Bop a lot. Oh, all right. Talk, yeah. Wasn't that wasn't that, that uh, what cult was that that was waiting for Hale Bop to, uh, to come around Heaven's with the mothership, Gate. and then they all, yes, Heaven's Gate, that's what it was, yeah, and then they all committed yeah. suicide, and well, the night okay, that that's a whole suicide, opinion in itself. Right. The night having state committed suicide, 
Remember I was telling you about the three huge, enormous lights that went over my house as I was oh, watching. Oh, that's right. That. Yeah, that tell made, me about that. That was crazy. Oh, no, that scared me to the point where I had to go in my house and I went in the basement. <laughs> I've never experienced anything so freaky in my life. It was well, share it with everybody what that was. Yeah, well, I was out looking at Hale Bop, and it just happened to be the night that those uh, the cult members uh, committed suicide. And I'm watching Hale Bop, and all of a sudden, there was a very clear sky. There was no clouds, without stars. And I'm looking up at the sky, and all of a sudden, three, like, large, I want to say three large lights. But they weren't lights. It was kind of like if you take a spotlight and shine it in the sky, it looked right. like that. Yeah. And it was like three streaks that made very loud, a very loud noise as it went away. It was like a really low like that noise. And it was like three, like consecutively. And at that point, I'm like, well, it's time to go in. <laughs> I went in. It freaked me out. Say it, blame you. Where was it? One right behind the other, or were they in a triangle formation? No, it was one right behind the other. It's like they were chasing each other. Yeah, that I that would be intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. No, that would be intimidating. And you went down to the basement, huh? Yeah, I went into the house. I'm like, I'm going. I'm going in. I went in the basement, like tried to explain to Annette, and she went. We went back out there, and we hail pop. It's still there, and everything, you know, but. We couldn't see anything, but it did make WGN news. So I was not the Lone Ranger in seeing that one. A lot of people saw it. Really? Wow. Yeah. So it was on TV news? Yeah, it was on the TV news. It was Unexplainable Lights. Wow. And they were white, huh? No, no, red. Oh, really? Red glow. Okay. Yeah, it was a red glow. It wasn't white. It wasn't white. It was red. A red glow. Wow. Yeah, see, that's almost more intimidating to the fact when... You see something like that, because what aircraft, conventional aircraft, is all a red glow? You, you know what I'm saying? White or green? Yeah, I could maybe see that, but all red. Now that it, doesn't it was make a sense. red glow, and it was like huge. It was bigger than any ship could ever be. It was like filled the sky. It, it wasn't oh. like little lights. It was like the, a big red, huge cloud formation. That went by really? Oh, yeah. No, that's it. It was really, it was scary and intimidating. It is like, scary and what, intimidating. I'm I like, can't say it. Why you that? <laughs> to the point where okay. I actually thought it was extraterrestrial and I should just, like, go inside now. Yeah, I can imagine. And that was the same night of, of the Heaven's Gate suicide? Correct. Which they were waiting for spaceships to pick them up which is kind of a bizarre twist to the whole damn thing, you know? Uh, mothership <laughs> is over here in uh, Prospect Heights. That was at Prospect Heights, wasn't it? No, that was in Lake Zurich. Oh, it was in Lake Zurich. Wow. Yeah. That was, okay. That was I, in Lake you Zurich. saw that in Prospect Heights. Okay, yeah, Lake Zurich, which is, uh, again, that's northern Illinois for those of you that want to take a look at a map and see where Lake Zurich is at. Yeah, I remember... Uh, I remember that location where you lived at that time because they used to come and visit you there as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I remember you shared that story with me once, and but that was when you shared that story, and it was just kind of out of sight, out of mind to see those right. red lights. I, I, you know, I actually day. didn't go into as much detail then as I did just now. Right. Yeah, I don't remember. Uh, 
I, I didn't remember the fact that you said that, you know, WGN had shared it. That's kind of crazy in itself um, on TV to talk about it. So clearly there was a lot of witnesses to it. Hmm. Was yeah, it traveling from east to west or you don't remember? Oh, no, I, I definitely remember. It was definitely going east to west, east to west. Yeah, it was coming like from the lake, like 22, taking the path of Route 22. Going okay, east to west. so so it would be, it, it would roughly be like from, uh, let's see, 22 going due east. That would be just a little bit further north. What's that uh, town that we used to go to all the time and sit on the park bench where the movie uh Ferris Bueller's well, yeah, Day Off no, was filmed yeah, there. Glencoe. It, it came from, like, the, the lake. The Glencoe the area uh, off the lakefront, right? And right, heading, and it came and heading west. west. That's really yeah, crazy. And it was, it was definitely, and there was no clouds. That was the crazy part about it. What was making that big glow in the sky, big circular glow? Right. So at that time, you felt that it was extraterrestrial. You didn't think, okay, this is some crazy military project going on or something. You, you felt that energy that it's not from here? Bouncing off the atmosphere is what it kind of felt like. Wow. <laughs> you know, this uh, gentleman that I work with, um, you know, he would tell me, because he lived, he lived east of where I'm at right now, so he was closer to the city of Chicago. But he would tell me stories at times too when he would be laying in the bed of his um, pickup truck, and you know, in the summertime he'd be laying, and he'd see these red lights, you know, moving around in the sky. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's probably you know, unidentified flying object. Of course, now a lot of people want to change the name to unidentified aerial phenomena. It's still the same thing, you know, however you define it. And then uh, it was but a couple years later, and I, at that time, was living in South Elgin, Illinois. And my wife at the time and myself were sitting on the front porch. And way off in the distance, I saw two red lights just sitting next to each other. And I pointed out to her, I'm like, wow, do you see that out there? And at first, you know, you kind of think it's terrestrial. Maybe it's just a hot air balloon at night or something, which is kind of weird. People really wouldn't do that. But then these things started moving in a way that an aircraft is not going to be. And the two of us sat in each other going, wow, that, that was crazy. And I, I, you know, of course you get all shaky and your palms are sweaty and it's like, wow, that was really a trip, but it's scary because you don't know, is this the moment when the invasion starts? Because Hollywood has just, really filled our brains with well if they come here they they have a bad in movies or like that but you know enough of them were out there in the culture that you know if the aliens are coming here it's because they want an invasion and then it wasn't until i moved to saint charles when uh, we saw a series of them moving in the same way but see these lights weren't as big as what you were describing it, i would say these things were no bigger than i don't know maybe eight feet in diameter but they were they're not flares. The thing is, with a flare, they kind of flicker and they give off smoke. These were not that intense of a bright light. This was a little bit duller of a glow, but they were fixed. There was no that there was no distortion in the light at all. It was a continual light, and the way they moved, one right after another, shooting straight up into the air until they were out of sight, and then six of them shot off straight east towards Chicago. And the guy that I never met before. He was, he was the same thing with me. He got panicked. He called the police 
course, you know, the police department showed up and said, uh, are you the one that called for UFO sighting? <laughs> yeah, he was. He was a little bit scared. And it was a female police officer. And she's like, oh, I'm really upset that I missed it because I've always, I've heard of stuff like this. And I've never witnessed it. I'm like, well, this was, you know, a pretty big event. So, yeah, for what you saw and the size of it, that's crazy. And all three of them are the same size? And they were See, all that's, ins- that's crazy. That, right. Well, do you think they would be chasing each other or just moving from one location to another at a high rate of speed? You, you know, know what I'm saying? I, they had a mission. They like, yeah, maybe yeah. they were taking dead, you know, dead souls with them. <laughs> uh, strangely well, enough, not- uh, the, the, the woman who uh, played Lieutenant O'Hara, on Star Trek, her brother was one of those Heaven Gate people that killed themselves. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. So I was unaware of another that. Weird, it's another weird tie-in there. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, there's so many coincidences that go on on a daily basis. Look, Art Bell passed away at 13. I mean, you, you can't write that it. stuff. Yeah, you can't write that, though. I mean, of, of of all celebrities to have passed on Friday the 13th, and it happened to be Art Bell. It's just, <laughs> I, I understand you can make coincidences, you know, a little bit more prominent than what they may actually be. But, and I didn't even think of it at the time. Jenny's the one that pointed it out to me to go, oh my gosh, you know, he passed away on Friday the 13th. I'm like, well, yeah, I guess that is kind of weird. Subjects. I mean, I, he, I I used to like his exorcism shows. Those were great shows. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Mel's Hole. Do you remember Mel's Hole? I do remember Hole. Mel's Hole. Yes, right. Yeah. Although I really, up to this point, I wish, I really wish that entire episode had a different name, because I've had conversations with people that did not understand what I was about, and I was in the middle of a conversation going. Well, did you ever live on Mel's Hole? And, of course, you know, their brain goes off someplace else, you know, kind of disgusting. I'm like, no, 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 no. It had nothing to do with that. But, uh, yeah, and, and the the screaming voices from the hole in Siberia that they were in. And, man, there's just so many remarkable shows. And, of course, how much of it is actually reality or not? That was the beauty of, of Coast to Coast AM when Art Bell was doing it because – Everything was unfiltered. You know, he did all the call screeners himself. Um, I don't know if you remember the show when the guy called in and said, theoretically, you know, he was from Area 51 and, you know, he's being watched. And and then the phone call goes dead after a few minutes of him talking to Hart. It's just kind of crazy stuff. He was was flying a plane over Area 51. Wasn't he? And they thought the plane crashed or something. Wasn't that the one? I don't. No, I don't remember that. I think this. I don't think he was in an aircraft. At least not the show in which I'm speaking of. I could be missing something altogether as far as flying over Area 51. I think it was only like a 10 minute phone call at best. But you could tell the guy was panicking on the phone, and he was out of breath, and he was scared, and he was terrified, and he couldn't get his words out clearly enough. Because he said he was limited on his, you know, phone call time with, but he was giving warning as to things that were going on at Area 51, and then the call just kind of goes dead after that. Now, you know, people speculate, hey, it, it, it's a hoax. Well, okay, it could be, but 
it's kind of funny how if something actually did happen and you have those people saying, no, it's a hoax, maybe it wasn't. Maybe that actually happened, you know, and Art didn't know. You, you can't blame him because he had no idea. All he did was take the phone call and he was trying to coach the guy through and asking him questions, which I would ask those same questions too. So, yeah, it was pretty crazy. And uh, Jennifer, she doesn't live too far from where the Mel's Hole incident took place. She said at one time she was going to go and try to figure out where it was at. But I know that it's private property, theoretically. And uh, I don't know. I know there's been a lot of people that have gone out there to try to figure out what's going on with the whole Mel's Hole thing. And if it's if it is, is it an endless pit? I don't know. Crazy though to think about. Was that the same hole they took the microphone and put the microphone down? You were hearing like weird. No, that was that was the Siberian. Yeah, no, that was a Siberian hole that the uh, Russians were drilling in the ice, or not in the ice, but in uh, Antarctica, I believe. And they were drilling, and they were doing these mega depth drills, and they dropped the microphone down there, and they were picking up all these kind of demonic sounds. Yeah, that was crazy. No, Mel's hole, they, you know, the gentleman said he didn't have enough line and they've been trying and trying, or he was trying and trying, lowering a line down there with a light, with weights, and it just, they never hit bottom. I was like, yeah, the light okay, but disappear. <laughs> yeah, it went that far down that the light would disappear. You wouldn't be able to pick it up anymore. Now, that's got to be pretty far down. I mean, you know. Considering the human eye can pick up a, a flickering candle in darkness, but the human eye has the ability to pick up a candle at almost a mile away. You know, it's that sensitive. So you're telling me that that, that hole in the ground was deeper than a mile. That's kind of crazy in itself. And I don't know. I don't know whatever became of that. If, you know, if that was figured out to be a hoax or if it's been covered up, literally the hole was covered up and you know, not let anybody back on the property. I know he said that the the property was purchased and it is private property, so really nobody's allowed on that land. But Jennifer doesn't live too far from there, and she did bring up to me at one point that she wanted to do a road trip out that way and see if she couldn't narrow down the area in which the Mel's Hole is actually located at and try to get some more information out of it. I just find that whole thing fascinating. I mean... The man had so many crazy shows that would keep you up late at night. I There was a caller that called in one night to Art, and he lived not too far from where the two of us were. And he's like, yeah, I've had these three scary shadow beings standing at the end of my bed. And he was terrified. And listening to him tell his story to Art, Art's terrified too. And I'm terrified listening to it going, okay, now this is way too close to my house. Uh, Why are people so close to me calling in with these horrifying, scary stories of these shadow beings? But then I did share with um, Sean Forker at the show that I do with him over at the Existence of Strange Things at Radio Memphis, or on Radio Memphis, rather. Um, about the shadow people you would see in the data vault when I worked with you there. I mean, see them walking across the back wall, and it's like, wow, did you see that? And you played it off. 
you played it off like that's yeah, no big deal and i'm like well, it but it vindicated me because i saw it and then for the two of us to see it it was like yes okay that was great i remember seeing three of them and, and it was times i saw one right behind the other um going on a back wall of the, the, the whatever that one room was that you'd scan everything in before it went into the library whatever that vtms room that's where i would see him at yeah that's where i would see him at along the back wall there uh, yeah, and then but you'd be working. All of a sudden, you'd you'd see something move, and then you you turn your head, and there'd be nothing there. Yeah, but it happened all the time there. Oh yeah, it happened to me Definitely. a number of times there. Yeah, that was crazy. Maybe it was one of those shadow people that broke into that. Wasn't it broke into an officer or something? I don't remember what. <laughs> I think that was what our was that all? For me, this money. <laughs> Rob, remember, remember Rob. I'm yeah, no you. last names, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I remember. Yeah, it was. There was. Oh, that's what it was. Okay, so for everybody listening, this is a secure data vault. A lot of sensitive information. Somebody got into the building and broke into an office and stole money. But I don't remember where the money came from. What, was <laughs> that in a, in a safe or something? I don't remember. But yeah. <laughs> I kind of thought it was funny. I think there were windows broken out. I'm like, oh, this is a secure data vault. <laughs> sure it is. <laughs> yeah, know, security I, I cameras going, but there happen to be no tapes in the machine recording off the security cameras. Yeah, that I remember. Yeah, it was a, quite a weird <laughs> situation. Um, however, now where I work now, I work in a hospital. And... I know I only see shadow people all the time. I have forcibly seen stuff move and push me like out of the way, especially on well, the one elaborate. Day. Yeah, well, what, what, I'm, uh, I, what I do for a living in the hospital is I go to room to room collecting uh, dirty laundry and I, you know, throw it down the chute. But anyway, I have this card. I go down room to room and there's this one specific room I go to every time I put my cart in front of this room. I go in there and grab the laundry. The cart moves away from in front of the door. Like, it doesn't want that cart to be in front of the door ever. And it always moves it down. So I have to walk down to get it. And then when I try to move really? it back, I feel, I feel a, a pressure moving the cart. Yes. It's, it freaks me out. Really? <laughs> yeah. And this happens all the time? Yeah. I mean, I can... I can make it happen just by putting the cart there and I'll, I'll step away and all of a sudden, a few seconds later, you see the cart move by itself. Have you ever thought of like just recording it with your phone in your pocket or something? Just, dude, that yeah, would be scary. They, they have funny rules there. I mean, if I catch a patient or something, you know. No, I understand that. Of course, the whole idea isn't to get you into any kind of job jeopardy whatsoever um, because the job is more important. But. Yeah, if you're feeling a force pushing against a cart when you're trying to move it, what? Wow, I wonder what would lead something. Uh, well, why would it do something like that? And doesn't want you in there. They don't want the door blocked for some reason. They don't want anything in front of the door. Isn't that crazy? 
And that's only one room that it happens at? It's one room, yeah. And that, but I feel another presence on a room where I know the woman died. I cleaned up her stuff after she died um, on uh, giving I, birth. Oh, no. And, oh, yeah, this woman um, came in. She's six months pregnant, fell, and came in for observations that she fell off a ladder. Well, she must have gotten a blood clot or something that went to her heart, and she had a heart attack and died. Oh, a tragedy. So they did an, yeah, they did an emergency cesarean on this woman and took the right. baby, and one of the baby died, too. Oh. Didn't make it. But they left that body in there for, like, two days because they didn't want they didn't want to move it for some legal reason family didn't want to move so it was a pretty maybe because of autopsy story. or had to schedule an autopsy or something to that effect maybe no they i it just felt like they were you know there was some deal, deal going on there but, uh, okay trying to blame the hospital for foul play of some sort maybe and they had couldn't move evidence around maybe correct, correct. Either way, okay, so that's a tragedy in itself to have a story like that or an event like that happen. That's that's a horrible tragedy, but there's things going on in that room, too. Oh, yeah. I, I always see shadow people in that room walking by me. Really? Oh, yeah. So, so what's your take? Do you think shadow people are, you know, a, a ghost, or do you think it's just an entirely different entity altogether? Or do you I think, think it may spirit. just be the, yeah? Yeah, I think it's a hmm. spirit trying to breach both worlds. It just hasn't figured out how to move on, maybe? Yeah. I ask because there is no right, right, there is no right or wrong answer. It's, look, nobody knows. Nobody knows and nobody, well, there are people that proclaim that they know, but nobody really knows. They don't have a shadow person living, you know, in their garage so that they can, you know, analyze what it is. Um, but for so many shadow people stories, including the ones that I've seen now, like I said, I've seen the shadow people at the data vault where you and I work. That is the most prominent place where I have seen them. I have caught things out of the corner of my eye where I thought, wow, I just saw something walk by. That happens, you know, from time to time. It's not frequent. But the ones that I saw at the data vault, I remember twice seeing at least three of them. And I wasn't able to look at them directly on, but you could see three individuals, one right behind the other, walking across that back wall of the vault. And that happened twice. And I remember the one in the back was a little bit shorter than the first two. But I felt no evil presence by them being there. And I think you told me that that used to be like a, a a swampland before that entire industrial park got built into that swampland there because it still was kind of swampy behind that data vault there, if I remember correctly. And yeah, So who's to say it wasn't Native American land at one point and maybe they're just still meandering about aimlessly. But then I hear, you know, the shadow figures like the Hat Man, this super black, dark, void that is a presence in a room or something just staring or you get the feeling that it's staring at you but yet it's such a black void it's blacker than black and it's a outline humanoid figure just standing there and so many people see this when 
you know, they're at their most restful state, which is why you're sleeping and you'll wake up and you'll see this thing standing at the foot of your bed. To me, that's different. I don't think that that will be a spirit moving around, you know, because of like the instance in which you have at the hospital that maybe they just don't understand how to move on because they didn't want to leave this plane of reality yet. So they still meander about the hospital. I don't know. I think there's a couple different things going on there as far as shadow people go. So I don't want to throw them all into the same container, into the same box, let's say, and say all shadow people are the same thing. I don't think so. But you felt like you've been pushed at the hospital by them? Not pushed and held back, like like stopping me from going forward. You know, like oh. I felt the weight as I'm pushing my car for just no Isn't reason. Isn't that crazy? See, that's so crazy to me that to have a physical presence enough to create a physical force against you, you would think they would be able to, well, and maybe they do, I don't know, be able to pick up physical objects and move them around. I mean, I had experiences like that at the farmhouse, but I just, we never saw it actually happen. We always yeah, saw the that... after effect of things being moved around, but we never actually saw them moved around. But to have enough well, physical presence to be able to slow you down that's Don't crazy. You remember weird shit happening at Tom's house, weird stuff like that. Well, I, I remember, you know, we did a Ouija board there once, and then I remember uh, <clears throat> a little experimentation in the LSD community that I remember. Um, <laughs> and, and you know what? To be completely honest, that was the only time I ever had a acid trip, so to speak, and that was chemical LSD. Um, but I'm glad I had that experience, you know, because I'm now I understand the whole concept behind the LSD and what it was in and power of suggestion. That was crazy because you were there with me when that happened or when we did that together. Um, but yeah, I don't remember so many things that went on at that house. Um, there was some crazy thing in there. Um, I remember the Ouija board night. That I do. What other events happened? Refresh my memory. You put something somewhere and all of a sudden be across the room. That type of stuff. It's just there was weird stuff happening. Right. Yeah. Anything else happen at the hospital? Um, No, I just... No, not really. Just that's my biggest story right there. I feel a lot of good presence there. I mean, I I feel like sometimes I'm there to help people that are sad or something. I I always try giving them that glass is half full type thing, you know, try to make a no, that's a good way of doing better. That. Yeah, that way, you know. Uh, for instance, so this one girl had uh, totally amputated. And uh, and I, I'm not uh, giving away HIPAA because I'm not using names. So. Right. Uh, right. Um, anyway, uh, she's all upset and she's crying. And, and I'm like, well, what's wrong? I mean, she's like, well, they just took my soul. And, you know, it's very hard. I have nobody to talk to about it. And I'm like, well, you know what? You know, it's just a toe. I said, be glad it wasn't a foot, you know? Right. And, uh, at the end of the conversation, she stopped crying and she actually was smiling. That made me feel better. I was able to help her. I, yeah, right. I, I like pushing my I like pushing my energy for the positive when I'm there, and not so much the negative. But once in a while, <laughs> it's there. 
Oh, I'm sure it is. And, you know, if that's something that you get a fulfillment out of, then you're in the right, you're doing the right thing. And why you're at that hospital, I'm sure that there's a directive for you to be there. So maybe that's your reason for being you know, there. You know, it's weird. My mother, before she had passed, she died in 91. She went to a psychic who said, mm-hmm. and, and I looked down one day and I realized, and I remember her saying this to me. A psychic said about me to her that I would be working in the medical industry with a white coat on. And sure enough, I walk around with a white coat on in the medical industry yeah. all those years later. It's pretty weird. Right. I mean, that all depends on what you define as weird. I Look, there's been some people that I have known in my life in the in the psychic realm and that ability that are able to kind of explain what it is that they see because they don't see it in clear pictures like a lot of skeptics think. It's not in clear pictures, but but it was defined by me, by Joe Who, that things are in different levels. And he can see where and what level you are at, what experience you may have, most likely are going to have, and that's how he's able to perceive. And I kind of understand exactly what he's talking about until you actually see it yourself, if you have that ability. So, you know, a lot has to be said for, you know, the the psychics, because there, yes, look, there's a lot of them out there that are just turning a dollar just to turn a dollar and say, well, you know, Bob, I see in your future that um, you're going to be eating something in your kitchen and you're going to get into your car at some point and you're going to be driving to a hospital and and you're going to spend a day there. Okay. Yeah, I get that. You know, and they are turning a dollar and you're going to meet somebody really interesting at that hospital one day. Oh, really? Of course I am. You know, but there are those that do give information that is like, how did you know that? You know, there would be no way for anybody to know that. Right. It was weird that somebody would make a prediction like that. And mind you, 20 years in the future. That's All right. Right. Okay, I just see a feed that's come across that um, Arlie Ermey has passed away at the age of 74. Who is he? Arlie Ermey? Yeah. Full metal jacket? Oh, Sergeant. Yeah. Yes, yes. And he he was a good friend of uh, Ro Khan in Chicago. They used to do their, uh, you know, Christmas Toys for Tots fundraisers and so on and so yeah he was a good friend of uh of rokan wow that's that's yeah he's been in so many movies playing either serious really grunty and he was a marine so semper fi um playing that that marine hardcore or just playing a complete opposite um saving silverman was that the name of the show where he played the football coach and it turned out that he was gay, and yeah, that was okay. It was pretty amusing, but yeah, Arlie Ermey has passed away at the age of seventy-four. Now, I have not looked into—is this a uh, a celebrity hoax thing or not? I don't know, but hopefully, it's not true. I just see that it just came up on my news feed here. We'll look into that anyway. 
So, uh, yeah, no, thanks for sharing those stories. You got any other cool stories or did you wrap that one up between gigantic red UFOs over Lake Zurich during the mm-hmm. Hillbop experience and then having all these entities at the hospital that show a little bit of yeah. resistance or activity? I don't know. I find it fascinating altogether. I do. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, Greatly appreciate it. Watch your step, let you move on dead. It lay there cold, eating underneath your last breath. Hold your tongue, still I've gone. The beast that follows is close, but we'll move on. Oh